urban leaders. Hello, hello and welcome. Welcome to another one of our thought leadership um, podcasts and I have scoured the world, literally the planet for the best thought leaders that are out there and we, you, I are very privileged to have with us a friend of mine actually. Yangus, how are you? I'm good, Jonathan. So glad to be joining you. Lovely. Now, you have got so many hats, haven't you? Uh, thank you for the, for the good words. Uh, apart from my role here at the Cyprus Business School of Cyprus Marketing, I'm also a commentator for various local and international media on financial affairs. This is the area of interest that I took up in the last few years. And uh, I'm a member of the executive committee of the Cyprus Employer Association. It's by far the biggest employers association in Cyprus. And uh, it lobbies with the government. It advises the government on uh, various issues relating to employment and the well-being of the companies. Now, the last time you and I met in person, uh, Cyprus was going through what they called back then in terms of the economy. They called it the, uh, the haircut. Now, with covid it's not just a haircut, is it? It's like it's like a, a buzz cut. It's it's a complete shave off all the hair this time. Lots of people uh, at my age, late thirties and forties, say that we are damned. We are the the generation that is trying to cope with the different crises because it took us four or five years until two, 2018 to start recovery again and to start growing the economy. And as soon as everything was uh, doing really well. Uh, you know, COVID-19, uh, this thing kicked in. Mm. Uh, on the one hand, on the one hand, people were calm and followed the instructions of the government pretty, uh, pretty well because uh, they, they faced this crisis a few years ago, which was unseen and something that never happened in the world before, to have a haircut on deposits. So we, we faced within um, less than 10 years two major crises. Uh, as I said, on the one hand, of course, frustration, um, anxiety of, of what, is, what is the future, uh, that we have to start kind of from zero again. Uh, but on the other hand, people said we did it in 2013. Everybody was saying that Cyprus would take about 10 years to recover, but we recovered within five years. And Fantastic. everybody... Everybody uh, presented Cyprus as a very good example to follow on how uh, you can follow some regulatory measures, some fiscal measures, everybody, uh, you know, on the same line, on the same page, and you can do it. So everybody was, even the government, uh, tried to promote this, uh, this uh, logic of we did it in 2013, we will do it again. 2020, of course, it's a very different crisis. It's a global phenomenon. Uh, in 2013, maybe we felt kind of alone. We thought that Cyprus was the only one who faced it, and it was. I mean, other, crisis, other uh, countries faced crisis, but not the, the particular kind of haircut on deposits. 2020, it's a global phenomenon. And today, uh, Cyprus is one of the, um, you know, the best success stories. I mean, we've done very well uh, coping with the pandemic so far. And uh, obviously, the, the economy is going to suffer for a couple of years. But at least when it comes to public health issues, uh, we, we have, we're doing extremely well. And things are pretty positive when it comes to the sense and the feelings of the, peop of the public uh, at this moment. Um, T-U-I, TUI, as I believe it's uh, pronounced. 
that they're talking about that there are possibly 8,000 jobs at risk here. Now, with Cyprus, tourism is a really important issue. Do you think that you can really take this in terms of tourism as well being hit? Cyprus, the GDP uh, in, uh, directly and indirectly is affected about 20% from tourism. So it's a massive, massive uh, business for Cyprus that we don't have heavy manufacturing. Tourism and services are the most important on the island. So tourism will definitely be affected. Um, I was listening to the Deputy Minister of, for Tourism today saying that the best case scenario is to have 20% of the arrivals of last year. So you can imagine yeah, that... Right, so you're not saying... A, 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 a decrease by 20%, you're saying basically an 80% decrease and only 20% of business. Exactly, exactly. Wow. Uh, I mean, the, the best case scenario is a 20% of the income of last year. Uh, so you can imagine how that would affect the economy. And that's why the government was kind of quick in borrowing more money, uh, $4 billion, uh, in the last two weeks uh, to kind of support the system until the end of 2020 and God knows what happens after that. So now, in the UK, in the UK, um, the government here has uh, extended the, the furlough uh, in terms of the, the help that it's giving um, to around approximately, or depends what happens to the pandemic, but around uh, October. So do you have a similar scheme that you're, you're, you're helping people in terms of employees as well as employers? Exactly. Uh, we have a very similar scheme up until the 12th of uh, October. That is seven months after the crisis, the pandemic started in Cyprus. There will be a government scheme to support uh, employees. Uh, they get 60% of their salary uh, up until uh, October. So that's a massive help, obviously, for the companies. Uh, there are various other schemes. Uh, but of course, the problem is that Cyprus ha already has a, a huge public debt. Uh, we were trying in the last uh, years to cope with uh, minim you know, uh, minimizing the, the public debt that um, came to an unprecedented number after 2013. So it's only been seven years ago. And we were below 100% of the GDP. Now we went up to 120% of the GDP again after this borrowing, this emergency borrowing. Obviously, the European Union said, go ahead and borrow because we know that it's a crisis and we're going to relax uh, the measures. But at some point, maybe in 2021 or 2022, uh, you have to start looking at your public debt and your fi public finances again. So perhaps the austerity measures will come later, will come in a year or two, when if things do not catch up, you have to start looking at your public numbers as well, the finances and taking care of those. And when it comes to tourism again, the, again, the, the prediction is that uh, the best case scenario is that Cyprus will, will get the numbers of 2019 in 2023. So it means in three years' time or four years' time, you have the numbers of 2018. That, that gives you a, a really tough uh, three years coming uh, when it comes to tourism. And again, having tourism 20% of the GDP, it affects everybody. It affects the higher education sector. It affects, affects uh, uh you know, the, the retail sector, everything is interconnected. It's a small economy. So yeah. obviously we have uh, in front of us uh, three years. And again, there is this um, shadow, this, this uh, sand that we might need a bailout agreement again. There is again? This, again. I mean, even, even the Minister of Finance said that if we don't, uh, you know, restart the economy uh, and 
actually by the end of 2020, we were at the good stage. The, we borrowed as much as we could uh, because the credit rating agencies already are, you know, watching Cyprus. And we, we could even uh, be um, uh, into the junk category. So we cannot issue bonds and sell it off to the international market. What happened in 2013, which means that if things are, do not go with, according to the best case scenario, and we go with the worst case scenario, there is only one way, and that's the bailout agreement from the ESM, the European Stability Mechanism, which people- and do, you think, do, you think, do you think that the EU post-COVID, I mean, how do you think they're gonna be coping with member countries and, and, uh, and things like this? It's a huge mess, it's a huge mess. I mean, they, 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 they try to show solidarity, but they, they don't do any, anything practical. And we see again, the, the long-standing structural problems, the North against the South. I mean, we see on the one hand, Germany, Netherlands, Belgium, they say, okay, you can borrow from uh, ESM or other mechanisms of the EU, not a problem, we have plenty of money, but we're not gonna guarantee uh, you know, the, the rest of the countries that uh, they don't have a, a strong, uh, a strong mechanism to, to recover and to cope and to repay their loans because that's the whole deal now. The, the whole negotiation is whether they issue this corona bond, the so-called corona bond, mm -hmm. in order for all countries to share the risk. So if Cyprus doesn't repay, German taxpayers will have some of the risk for the Cyprus uh, economy not, not doing what it's supposed to do. And this is the huge battle now, the, the kind of uh, northern countries against the southern countries, which uh, is whether they share the risk or each country takes its own risk. So what, so what, do, what does Cyprus and, uh, and surrounding countries uh, who are member states, what, do they, what is their view now that the UK has um, stepped, stepped aside in terms of Brexit and now this has happened with coronavirus? Obviously, obviously, uh, there are two sides to the story. I mean, Cyprus is uh, very well linked to the UK, uh, Commonwealth and historic reasons, but also trade. I mean, tourism number one is more than a million out of the four million. So more than 25% is from the UK. It's the biggest uh, country when it comes to tourism, also exports, agricultural products and many others. So on the one hand, there's... Um, a lot of um, sorrow about you know the UK leaving. We're kind of uh, very good partners for many years now. We send lots of our youngsters to the UK to study, so there's a lot of uncertainty now. Uh, on the other hand, I mean, in general, Cyprus um, wants to be part of the EU. It's a small country. It cannot. Uh, you know, withstand all of these problems on its own. Uh, it, the economy is not so strong as a Germany or, Nether or Netherlands or France to say that we, we, we can follow the UK example. There is a lot of uncertainty also now with Brexit. What happens? When it happens? What's the final deal? Because we're all eager, uh, the, the companies, but also the government, to see the final deal. What, what, how is the UK going to be our partner? after Brexit. What, are the, what is the, the trade deal? Uh, I mean, we, this is crucial for us because if we cannot export our, our things without tariffs, if, we, if there's no freedom of, kind of freedom of services, then there's a lot of problems. Now, um, the other issue, of course, where you are in the world is the geopolitics of the area. And we have been uh, watching uh, on the news these immigrants coming over from uh, Syria through Turkey. Does, is this affecting you over there? We have thousands of uh, Syrian and other nationalities uh, 
you know, coming uh, boats from Turkey, from Libya, from different places. It's not as bad as uh, in places like Italy or Malta, but it's still a problem. So geopolitically, we uh, wanted to join uh, the EU in order to be more secure, in order to get some... Uh, some guarantees that Turkey or any other neighboring country will not harm us. But unfortunately, again, uh, it's a lot of uh, political games on the agenda. It's a lot of various, uh, you know, conflicting interests. Cyprus has been exploring its uh, offshore gas uh, reserves in the last five years, and it has been a huge problem with Turkey intervening, claiming some of the offshore uh, exploration. Of course, now with the COVID pandemic, everything is stalled. Nobody knows the gas and petrol and you know oil have lost their value, so it's a lot of uncertainty. We we there were like extremely good prospects on us discovering oil and, and gas and exploring it together with Israel and Lebanon and and uh, other neighboring countries. That was the plan. We even closed a deal with Egypt to sell gas to, but obviously everything is upset now. Everything, even the exploration, has ceased at least for a year. Uh, as you know, the, the oil companies have lost a lot of money uh, after this pandemic. So nobody knows what, what will happen with this uh, major, let's say, prospect for Cyprus. I want to talk about the response of the uh, public to the crisis. Now, uh, you and I and the, the, the world has been watching uh, in some of the states in America where people have, you know, defiantly said, no, if we want to open up our restaurant or go to the beach, wherever it might be, we're going to do it. Um, so how compliant ha have the Cypriots been? Um, I wrote an article the other day on this, on this issue because we're kind of like moving from one extreme to the other. Uh, the first two weeks or three weeks when we had the first, uh, you know, the first people getting infected, uh, I mean, we, we saw people ignoring the government. The government didn't take uh, very restrictive measures. They were just giving advice, keeping your social distance and all of these things. After two weeks, the government suddenly took very uh, strict measures. So from very uh, relaxed measures, we went uh, within over, overnight to very restrictive measures. And for 45 days, everybody was locked down. You had to send an SMS to get out of the house. You were allowed one movement a day. So suddenly we're, we are locked in, in the house and the, this brainwashing from the media, people dying. We see pictures from, the, from Italy, from Spain. So we went to the other extreme. When things were like uh, getting better and better and better, uh, the government said, okay, you can do like three movements a day now. And people were not getting out of, the, of their houses. And, and really? the, government, the government relaxed the measures on the 4th of May, the first wave of uh, relaxing the measures, more movements, uh, uh, retail shops uh, opened again. And you see... Really, you've, you got see your, you've got, you've got your, your, your retailers have opened, have they? Yeah, yeah. Every, everything has opened on the, on the 4th of May. So what's your May? R number? 0.2, the R number. It's a very low one. It's doing extremely well. So the government said, okay, since things are going well and we don't have a lot of money, we're, we need to, to restart the economy, let's open the schools on the 21st of May. And then suddenly everybody said, no, no, we don't want to send our children back, back to school. Let, let's not be schizophrenic. I mean, you don't get to choose uh, which measures. Either you don't trust the government and you go your own way. I mean, you have to choose what, you, what you're doing. We had 15 deaths, one five. So how, what, do you put, what do you put that down to? 
the government took extremely strict measures and everybody kind of uh, obeyed the measures. I mean, there was a 300 euro fine uh, if you walked out in the street. Uh, never seen this before. And, you know, everybody obeyed. People are saying nobody knows for sure that the weather is helping. I mean, the temperatures, I don't know. Um, we have this strong connection with the family in here in Cyprus as a Mediterranean island. So the government was sending messages, protect your parents, protect your, uh, your relatives. And because we, we are very emotionally connected to the, to the family. What about masks? Are you guys wearing masks in the street? Uh, I would say now 70, 75% of the people uh, walking out in the street or doing any kind of movement, they wear masks, but it's not obligatory. Now, you run um, one of the world's leading uh, marketing institute uh, over there in that, in that region of the world. What have you done with the, with the, with the uh, classrooms and things like that? We had two options, basically. One was to close the school and start in September. We took the road, the difficult road of trying to uh, move online. 100%. And this is what we did. Um, uh, it took us a week, a week without any classes to um, have various meetings with the staff, with the academics, with the students to identify the best way forward. I think it was very smooth and I was very proud of the team that they managed to, to coordinate everything and also to offer support to the students because there were many queries and the lecturers. I mean, the lecturers had to, for the first time, do all of their classes online. Uh, the good thing is that we had all the um, platforms, uh, an internet platform, a mobile application. So we have the technology Fantastic. in place. We didn't uh, offer it you know, on a full uh, scale before. And nowadays, two months later, it's kind of second nature. From a, a separate point of view, do you think this has been a boost to digital transformation? For sure, for sure. I mean, the Minister of Education, they sent us out a letter today saying that um, from uh, September onwards, uh, I mean, for the next academic year, we can kind of continue this uh, in a blended way. So on campus and online, whenever we deem it appropriate. And this is great news because, um, you know, you, don't, you minimize the capacity issues, you minimize the rescheduling issues. We have lecturers who travel a lot and they have to reschedule classes and they have to, um, you know, sort out on lots of logistics. So I think, I think this, is, this has been a gain for us. What do you think the next steps will be for Cyprus in terms of tourism? Obviously, this is the biggest, this is the million dollar question. The best um, success stories in the region are Greece and Israel. So the first move was to kind of coordinate between the three countries, whether they can open tourism between the three and have very attractive kind of uh, flight rates, uh, for example, no taxes. There was some chat that Israel will send people to Cyprus and Greece and vice versa, so kind of a regional arrangement to offer extra uh, incentives uh, for these three countries to serve each other in terms of tourism. The governments are in close collaboration. Uh, the only thing they, they, they have to wait is the EU. Uh, because Israel, as you know, is not part of the EU. The European Commission issued a statement today. It said that, uh, according to the European Union, uh, we shouldn't open airports by 15th of June. And also said that they are not fond of uh, leaving a seat empty because the airlines will go bust again. Mm -hmm. And they said that it's, it's going to be obligatory for everybody to wear masks.
This is the latest from the EU. What do you think the next steps will be for the economy? I mean, is there going to be a new financial model? I think it's going to be very difficult to change the financial model. Uh, obviously, as I said, uh, maybe we see some innovation coming out of this crisis, some digital innovation. And actually, uh, tomorrow I'm having a teleconference with the Deputy Minister of uh, Digitalization, uh, which uh, I'm going to offer him some advice on, uh, you know, what are the next steps for the public sector? Because we're miles, miles behind of what other countries uh, are doing. And there are some, you know, easy ones to implement. Let's start with those not mm. trying to do everything in one day. Mm. But uh, obviously, businesses cannot cope if the public sector does not work when you don't physically you know, move to, the, to, the, uh, to an office to do your work. What are the macroeconomic prospects then? The latest, the latest is uh, we were planning for a, a 3% increase of the GDP. It's been very, very promising for this year. But uh, the latest uh, put it to a minus eight to minus 10. So in total, we're talking about a minus 12, 13% reduction in the, in the GDP compared to what we estimated. The government borrowed 4 billion and they put it on the side to finance uh, public finances for the next uh, six to eight months. The, the Ministry of Finance are going to the parliament to reduce um, the government um, the government expenditure by half a billion as an emergency uh, measure. So they're cutting a lot of fat from conferences, from traveling of the public employees, from any kind of research, things that they could stay for on the side for the time being. Uh, and the plan is uh, for a two to three year period. I mean, as I said, nobody can um, believe that this thing will, will end within a couple of months. I mean, we need to normalize and then uh, boost public spending and uh, as much as possible uh, and hope that by 2023 we will be having the same figures that we had in 2019. Now, how can people get in touch with you for so many things? How do they do that? It's uh, just my name, Yangos.Hajianis. Uh, Could you spell that, that please, for people? Could of, you just spell that? Of sorry? course. It's Y-A-N-G-O-S for Yangos. Dot H-A-D. J-I-Y-A-N-N-I-S for Haji Yanis. Fantastic. I love Cyprus and I know that um, when it comes to the people, the hospitality, everything, it's like, wow, it is the place to be. Thank you so much for um, appearing on this show. Uh, my pleasure, Jonathan. Thank you for hosting me. I'll always be at your disposal and of course... I look forward to welcoming you, you and everybody else to Cyprus because we are a tourist island and we love welcoming people. Fantastic. Well, that's that's another show done. That's another wrap-up, as they say. Uh, and with a, an amazing thought leader. So here's to a better tomorrow. And I'll speak to you soon. If you would like to contribute to a future programme, please email reinvent at me.com. That's reinvent at me.com.